The medical device industry presents unique challenges in intellectual property. Manufacturers can spend years bringing a medical device to market and often rely on outside investments for commercialization. Potential investors scrutinize a device maker's patent portfolio to ensure their intellectual property is in good order before making significant financial decisions. Finnegan attorneys Eric Rossetti and Aaron Capron join us to discuss the growing importance of patents for medical device manufacturers. Eric, why are patent portfolios so important for medical device companies? I think the simple answer is that the industry is patent intensive, but that's not a very satisfying answer. So let's look at some of the cultural and historical features of the medical device industry. Well, first, it's very profitable, and that obviously will attract imitators. And the products tend to be relatively simple to copy. The regulatory hurdles that need to be met to enter as an imitator onto the market are not very high as compared to, say, pharmaceuticals, which have a lot of protections built in for the innovator that medical devices do not have, and a relatively short product cycle. So these are things that lend themselves to the monopoly that a well-crafted patent can help provide, what Warren Buffett would call an economic castle protected by an unbreachable moat. That's the business asset that a patent could represent. If you look at the medical device industry with worldwide income and divide that by the number of patents that it received in the year 2011, there's one patent for every $31 million in revenue. Now, you compare that to the semiconductor industry, which is roughly the same in terms of revenue, but the figure goes up to $52 million, so fewer patents. And then in pharma, where you have something three times as large in terms of an industry, uh, the number jumps to one patent for $133 million. Now, you can't compare these directly because they're different industries, but that's the point. You can protect a pharmaceutical with a compound claim, and that gives you a lot of firepower, but you just can't do that with devices. So you need a portfolio and an integrated approach that will help to provide that protection. Now, the other reason is that patents used to be pretty industry-friendly in the United States, and some of that has changed. This is the question of whether or not patents can be unbreachable. The U.S. Patent Office would generally just allow patents relatively straightforwardly, and you could assert them in a district court litigation. There was no real way to challenge the patent's validity except in the district court litigation, which was very expensive. But things have changed legally. We now have a first-to-file system, which puts the onus on filing early. The Supreme Court is creating mischief with its decisions about what is patent-eligible that can impact therapeutic methods. And there's other legal changes having to do with when multiple actors are involved in practicing a claim. So the last piece, really, is the new inter-parties review, the post-grant challenges that the U.S. Patent Office has rolled out. And they are just chewing through patent claims. Something like 81% of all claims challenged to date have been invalidated. So the premium now will be on not just getting patents, but on getting patents that are defensible, smart, and well thought out so that they can withstand the challenges and still give the benefit of the monopoly that is so valuable. And Aaron, what are some of the issues that could plague a device maker's patent portfolio? Time of filing is always going to be an issue that a company needs to consider. For example, if that company files an application too early before a product is fully developed, that company may create prior art for later filed patent applications once that product is fully vetted out and fully covered. However, you always have the flip side where if you wait too long, you may run into issues of another inventor entity filing a patent application before you. Another issue, as Eric alluded to earlier, is when you prepare claims that cover multi-actors. In essence, that requires multiple parties for infringement. And this area could be uh, quite interesting in the coming years. 
as more medical device makers utilize apps for interfacing with third-party mobile devices, tablets, wearables, watches, etc. The final issue is what type of claim scope should that company consider? For example, as Eric alluded to earlier, if you pursue too broad a claims, you're vulnerable in the IPR post-grant proceedings that are going on at the USPTO. However, if you go for two specific claims, you may have in trouble forcing them. So it may be prudent to protect your products with layers of patents. For example, a first layer may include broad filings covering high-level aspects of your systems or products. For example, general features or functions that may be more abstract and encompass a wide range of equivalents. A second layer of filings could encompass methods of operations or products manufacture, and a third layer may contain numerous filings with claims focused on specific commercial embodiments. And that way, it's more difficult for a competitor to successfully navigate through these multiple layers than to pierce a single one. Eric, back to you here. Can you discuss some proactive steps that medical device makers can take to enhance their marketability to both investors or an acquirer? I think the real underlying point here is that you always want to have a philosophical consistency in your responses during a due diligence. That means that each of your answers to questions that are asked that you can't possibly foresee are to the largest extent possible consistent with one another and build on one another. That gives you an opportunity to take advantage of these communications with an acquirer or an investor to build the value of your company. Because you can't foresee the questions that will be asked about your portfolio and why things are claimed a certain way or what the effect of unknown prior art is on your claims or new regulatory rule, the best thing you can do is provide yourself with a map that will help you to get to the answers quickly and will lead to consistent answers that will help you achieve this reinforcement that I'm talking about. And an IP landscape can really help you to do that. A well-constructed landscape helps legal, business, and technical domains look at a patent portfolio and find quickly answers to questions. And the question of an IP landscape is probably a topic for a completely different podcast, but I bring that up, I think, as a paramount example of the sort of preparation and management tools that help provide business intelligence. When we're talking about Building value through a diligence process, you need to rely on your intelligence and your planning to make the best possible statement about your company. And finally, Aaron, with the rising popularity of wearable health devices and related apps, are there particular IP concerns medical device companies need to consider? As this area is evolving relatively quickly, companies will need to consider how their products and their competitors' products may evolve over time as more functionality of the medical device or the wearables may be provided on an app that may be running on third-party devices. These companies need to be aware of multi-party infringement issues with respect to the device and software that may be running on a third-party device. Companies should consider preparing a set of claims focusing on the device and another set focusing on the apps. For example, if the medical device has a corresponding apps, company will need to evaluate what that app is doing as opposed to what the third-party device is doing. For example, would the corresponding app display results or would it provide information to allow the third-party device to display the results? And these are just some of the questions that they need to evaluate internally. And when developing their portfolios, companies should also consider not only the prosecution aspects but also the litigation aspects as well. On the prosecution side, you will need to consider the 101 issues that Eric alluded to earlier, especially 
based on recent decisions from the Supreme Court and Federal Circuit. Other prosecution aspects would be the 112 issues and means plus function claims the company decides to pursue those types of claims. On the litigation side, they will need to take in consideration divided infringement issues, which we've talked about, and how courts look at damages so that those companies can pursue appropriate claims to give those companies the greatest advantage. So there's definitely a lot of considerations that these companies need to consider when pursuing claims attempting to cover wearable health devices and related apps. Our guests have been Eric Rossitti and Aaron Capron, attorneys at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, to listen to other podcasts, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.